Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Wednesday Wake Up with the Teach Better team where we have an opportunity to be live every single Wednesday to kind of catch you midweek and give you some energy, give you some food for thought as we persevere through an awesome week with kiddos. We are excited to not only hear from you, how's the week been going so far, happy Wednesday, but also dive into some new ideas, some things that you might want to be keeping in mind as you continue through the rest of your week. And then also take any of your questions if things are relevant, if you're currently problem solving something that you want some more brain power on. So we will be live here in just a second. Go fill up your coffee. Let's get this Wednesday started. Wednesday wake up with the Teach Better team. My name is Ray Hewer, and of course, the one and only Katie Miglin in the house today. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday, Ray Hewert. Yes. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm noticing right this moment that you're on the wrong side. Yeah, I noticed that during the commercial. And what? I mean, does it really matter? I, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, we. We have two pictures on the screen. Obviously, when we have people that are joining our live, we, we can see them, right? If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or LinkedIn. And Katie and I typically are on the other side of one another. Like, mm -hmm. I'm typically, am I typically on the left? And you're on the right? Yeah. Yeah. So, does here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm going to be just honest. I feel like the whole morning is off. I ran out of coffee. I'm on the wrong side. This no. is like literally a mix of all the grounds that I had left. It's not great, but it's doing its job. Okay. I want to be clear that that I think the choke should be canceled based on that information. There that was a little bit where I considered it. I almost considered texting you and saying, I'm out. I'm out. I realized it late, late last night. And I was like, I can't. I just. Well, and typically, I mean, we're live at 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern, it's yeah. really not probable that you could have gone and got coffee and then come to the show. Right. So, so here's my thinking, like at, at five 45, when you were just hopping on, did you go to your neighbor's house and bang on the door and ask for coffee? Is that inappropriate? Um, I don't know that it's inappropriate, but that requires going out in the cold. So, oh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, no fun. I am seeing in the comments lots of good morning messages and Neil Gupta commenting. It does matter. It's messing him up this morning that we're on the wrong side. So I can switch it. It's just going to be super anticlimactic. Katie, are you ready to be switched to the other side? Yes. Da, 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 da. Yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There are some suggestions, Katie. First off, I'm embarrassed. We're talking about coffee again. But guys, the show's in the morning. It just It's natural dialogue. Um, yep. There is a suggestion that your husband go and get you coffee. Yes. I, I think that might negate the fact that you also have two sleeping children. But I mean, maybe you go for it. Why not? Right. I, it was a conversation this morning when I okay. went down and I was in a panic. He said, I can go get you some because he's really sweet. Mm -hmm. And he is many of you know from the conference is the coffee runner. Mm -hmm. But I decided I'm going to make do with this hodgepodge and then I will go get some coffee later. It'll be, all, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I get to start my morning with you, Ray Hewitt, so nothing can be better. Yeah, I'm like, aren't I giving you enough energy right now that you feel fully caffeinated? 
Yes. That's mm. that feeling is, I think. Yeah, that's what that is. So good. Well, I we promised we were talking about coffee the whole time, but we I mean, this is a part of waking up, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting getting your routine in place, getting yes. your coffee in place. Um, and we've had conversations about like what are people's routines? Do they wake up and work out? Do they drink water, tea? We've had this is a thing we've done before. We're very intrigued by it because you and I are pretty much just a wake up and drink coffee. Those are our focuses. Well, I, and I do think it has to do with what time your day is getting started. And obviously for some people that might be the same time, Monday through Friday, maybe there's a little variation in there and then weekends are completely different, but, um, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you. I, I guess I would like to know if you are somebody that's accomplished more than just getting up today, let us know in the comments, because in reality, like you and I are the only ones physically on camera right now. We, we might be talking to people that are still in their PJs laying in bed or just okay. now brushing their teeth and haven't even gotten their coffee. Or I will say for those of you on the East Coast, they could be like dressed coffee already have driven to work. Like we have a lot of variation here. Or maybe people are like working out. Oh, yes. Run faster. Is that, is that a thing? Run faster. This that is funny because um, we just had admin mastermind yesterday. It's every single Tuesday. Yep every morning. And, um, for that admin group, you have such a variety. It's at 8 AM central, 9 AM Eastern. So you're either getting like a principal who's been in the office, like already two hours plus, Mm -hmm. or you're getting somebody who like is just getting their day started and like working out. Like we always have two or three people that are like running on treadmills. And then you have other people that like are only calling in because they haven't gotten dressed yet. And they're like talking to the crew. They're like listening in. Right. Or they're like taking their dog out for a walk or something. Yeah. It is very interesting. I love that there's comments coming in right now doing laundry. That's impressive. Can I just say, I'm so envious of the person who put this comment up. I really need to do laundry. Like I know this might be like too much information, but it's November 2nd. And I need to do laundry from the conference. Okay. The conference is the 14th of October. No, I, I I know. I knew what the date was. I was just letting that sit for a second. I just really need to do laundry. That's all I'm saying. So good for you. Yes. Good job doing laundry, Elijah. All right. Neil Gupta is dressed, heading to work. Nice. Neil, safe travels and enjoy your cup of coffee mm-hmm. once you get there. Cheers, friend. Cheers, Cheers friend. Yep. Andrea is still laying in bed. Andrea, I think morning snuggles are the best way to start your morning. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So continue to enjoy those. Mm-hmm. And look at Adam. Adam's already at work. Checking off that to-do list. I will say, Katie, there's kind of a balance here because obviously everybody has different timing in as we cover a multitude of time zones. But you and I were typically get up early and go to school to get work done in the morning versus staying after school and working. I feel like teachers either spend their time in the morning or afternoon. It's not, I don't feel like it's typically split even, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I think it just depends on a person's schedule. You know, we worked with people who kind of really came a little bit early, got a few things done and then did kind of stay and wrap up their day. I felt like both of us were um, in that sense of like, we wanted to start our day, get it going. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, we were kind of tapped out, which just works for some people. I also was a person that I took a lot of work home because I worked better at home. 
which I know a lot of people are anti and that's fine. It was just better for me personally. So I think, yeah, just kind of deciding what part of the day is best for you. You know, some of our closest friends are not morning people and we know that. So it's just funny to how different people like how they're And it of course depends on a hundred other factors, right? Like if you're shuffling kids around or you have other responsibilities, I get it. But I always liked to go early. I feel like Adam mentioning that he's already at work and trying to stay on top of things, even though I do believe Adam's on the East coast, which obviously is an hour later for us. But, um, I, I just think that that would totally have been my MO hanging out. Oh yeah. You often got to work super early. Like sun wasn't even up yet. You know, but I kind of love this schedule and I guess we get it. Everybody gets their own version of this. But for me, there was like such a beauty of being one of the first ones in the building. School's really quiet, Mm kind of getting set up before the world wakes up type concept. Um, No, I I do agree with that. Mm -hmm. There are, there also is like an evening equivalent of that, you know, too. So just, Interesting as everyone's getting up this morning. We're thrilled that you're here. And I already see that Andrea is stalking that ambassador application because she has a comment about how somebody applied in the ambassador. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Ambassador applications open this week, Ray. I mm-hmm. we're gonna expand our family here soon. I know. For those of you who may not be aware, we do have ambassador applications open officially. They're open November 1st through the 27th. And Full transparency, they really only open once a year. So this is kind of a big deal for us. And not only within our ambassador group, but like I feel like my excitement's really high because anytime you get to do something that feels like it's an, an annual thing is mm-hmm. it's an exciting time. And you guys have all month to apply. The application shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. I know Neil was in the comments. It looks like he may have filled it out. So Neil, if you can confirm, it's a relatively quick application. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. giving you 27 days simply because we know that finding 15 minutes ain't easy. So we wanted to make sure you had multiple weekends, multiple weeks, maybe even a Thanksgiving break included where you could kind of set aside some time. It should, it really is asking you some reflective questions. There's a super, super, super quick one minute video that no one will see except for those people who are viewing those applications and they just, yeah, I like I said, it's just kind of getting the right information from you to see if you're a good fit to be an ambassador. Well, and I went live last week with Megan and Andrea and that video, you know, is so funny because I think we all do it, but don't tell anyone that anytime we need to make a video, we like do a hundred takes. Oh, I'm sure you're the same way, but we really want people to just be themselves and just do the first take because it's going to shine some on your personality. So I really like if the video is something that's like stressing you out, don't let it because we want you to be just your authentic self. We don't need a hundred takes and just kind of be you. So wait, that's a really good point. I I don't know if people have questions on the video, but I'm Andrea just put this in the comments. I'm a one and done person. Do not record this video more than once. No one will see it except for the review team. So it's like, and plus all of you applying, we know you already. Like this isn't like our first impression of you. Like right. we know how it is. And we're not evaluating this for the for like creative nature of having the perfect background and the perfect right. like outfit. Um, it's just answering that key question that we want to hear from you. And I think it's good. Like record it in your classroom, record it in your office, record it with mm-hmm. a glass of wine, record it with your dog popping in like I am right now. Yeah, I mean, it's no big deal. Whatever you need to do. 
Okay, I am over here giggling because Josh Joshua Stamper said, don't I know? And the reason he said that is he edited the last course I made, which Josh got the pleasure of watching all the outtakes. So literally I, I submitted a video, but if I messed up, we, we just started it back like over, but didn't stop the video. So Josh got to watch all of the outtakes, which some were really comical. So thank you, Josh. Why are you redoing videos? Just do it once. Like, here's my theory. Here's my theory. And I know you all don't agree. I will be the oddball out. Maybe there's one person in the comments that will, that will be on Ray's team, but you are all educators. You like speak and communicate to people for a living. Many of you even stand in front of either big crowds of students or big crowds of teachers and relay information. You only get one take at that and you do it great every single moment of the day. So I know cameras are weird, but it's that exact same concept. Do it once. I'm sure it was perfect. I think it's like the, the difference between being able, you know, like if you mess up something in class, like if you're standing in front, like we both taught middle school, if you mess something up, like your wording in class, you can like make a joke of it and stumble, but that's not always going to work in like in every video. I think for the ambassador thing, absolutely a hundred percent. But if you're like recording a presentation I don't know. It might seem kind of weird to be like, but I don't know how to talk. Ha -ha, let's get back on track. I'm sorry, Katie. Is, is that how you present? Because you go to districts all over the U.S. and Canada to, to do PD. Is, is that a thing that they're seeing you go like, I don't know how to talk? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Um, for the sake of this conversation, I guess I do see a difference between recorded content that's viewed by the masses. Yes. This yes. is not one of those things no. in the ambassador application. No, ambassador application, make the joke, start the laughs, do all the things. And I like I like Adam's idea. He's like, maybe I'll record my video while walking around the school. Like, that's exactly the demeanor we're looking for. Like, selfie it, you know, do it in an environment that either, you know, doesn't have to be perfect because you're like walking and recording or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Don't be creative. Just do it. There you <laughs> go, you guys. Ray Hewer, her quote of the day. Don't get creative, just do it. Is that the next Nike ad? Yeah, that's a really good Nike ad. I think that I this is this is my announcement of being sponsored by Nike. Oh my gosh, congrats. Cheers to Ray Hewer being all right. We are going to maybe do better than those terrible sentences of don't get creative, just do it. We're gonna play this really quick commercial that essentially says you should apply to be an ambassador, and then we'll get back into the show.
for the Wednesday wake up here with the Teach Better team. And we are so excited that you're choosing to spend your morning with us. We have had some thrilling conversation thus far in the show, which I literally can't recap for you because it was about nothing. It was just telling you that we appreciate you, that you should have an intentional morning, that you should drink coffee, and that you should also apply to be a Teach Better ambassador. And that's kind of that's kind of my recap so far, so 17 minutes in. Katie, did I did I miss anything? Yeah, I think that was a wonderful um, and straightforward recap. You, that could have been your one and only take. Good job. See, friends, one take. I will say I do really appreciate I know we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. So you all don't necessarily see each other's comments while we're streaming on multiple platforms. But I do just want to give a special shout out to those of you who are sharing your appreciation and excitement for the ambassador program. It, I, I will, we don't necessarily need to dive into it like all day, but I will say that this program was, was strictly created for our community to feel connected and supported. And when it launched in 2020, we had just this weird world we were living in with COVID and holy moly, all the things going on. And it is exciting now being able to open up applications only for the third time and be able to welcome in a new crew. So we really appreciate yes. all of you who are sharing your excitement that the program looks different than it did oh, two yeah. years ago. So yeah. if you haven't seen all the, the new updates coming, uh, I would definitely check out teachbearcom slash ambassadors and read further. It should be cool. It is crazy. That's the third time because it feels like it should be more than that, but yeah, you're right. And not to be dramatic. And I know Andrew's going to kill us in the comments because she actually runs the program, not us, but um, I think it's amazing because this year, we're really, really honing in on taking a small group, partnering them with mentors and doing everything mm -hmm. we can to make this a year long experience. And so not only are we taking a small group like we have in the past, but everyone has to reapply, which means we're taking even smaller of a group than normal mm -hmm. because we'll be taking old ambassadors who've been ambassadors in the past and new ambassadors who have not yet had the opportunity to be part of this program. So yeah. it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But such an important thing. I mean, establishing a sense of community. I know, you know, we've talked on here before about just growing that community so that whether you're in a school of a thousand or a school of a hundred, you have someone to lean on. And that's where it was started from. It started during COVID when uh, Megan and Andrea saw that there was a need to have a, you know, a virtual group that could lean on each other. And it's totally evolved into this small family. And so I think it's important that whether or not you decide to apply is up to you, but making an intentional step towards creating a sense of community and creating a, and growing your PLN so that you can have people to lean on. Katie, it feels like you are uh, feeling inspired to get into a teachable moment. Oh my gosh. Is that what that is? Is that that calling? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> every single Wednesday wake up where we like to come together and talk through a concept. This is not only a concept that we're all working to be better in so we can kind of create our vision for how we fit into this idea, but also to create some call to actions. Is there something we could do today? Is there something we can do tomorrow that will take three seconds to be better in this area? 
there are a lot of different things that are relevant in November. We know so many educators who are just persevering through their fall semester thus far. But Katie, I know we had a specific concept today that really can not only help us this week, but hopefully throughout the month. Well, and it's it's going off of the ambassador application and kind of what we've been talking about, but how you can grow your community to benefit not only you, but your classroom. And so kind of expanding, you know, going beyond the walls of your classroom. I know we've talked about that before and how you can talk to people in the hall or how you talk to people in lounge. Like we had a whole, I know, a teachable moment about that. Um, but kind of just beyond even your school and where do you go to get that sense of community? I know lots of people turn to social media. There's lots of people out there. We have a private Facebook group. We have our ambassador group, but really kind of thinking through why do you need a sense of community? Because yes, we have our friends, we have our family, we have the people we teach with, but at the end of the day, where are you getting your inspiration? Where are you getting the creative ideas? Where are you, you know, tagging people in when you need help with something or you need to like talk through something. Where are all those you know, people when you need those things? Cause I, I'm going to tell you, Marsha Harrell, my mom is great for a lot of things, but she's not gonna be able to give me a whole lot of advice on a lesson plan. And she's not gonna be able to talk me through when something doesn't go well in my classroom. So who's that network of people that you're going to be able to lean on? And so that's one of the reasons that the ambassador group came to be is because when we were all virtual, we needed something. So I don't know, Ray, you're so good at like continuing. I mean, I feel like every day you're like expanding and growing and learning from somebody new. Yeah. You know, I love this concept because I don't think teachers give themselves enough grace. And I, and when I say grace, I mean, I don't think educators really in their core believe that they don't need to have all the answers. And the reality is, is that none of us need to have all the answers I've, I've tried to come to accept that because to be honest, I'm not smart enough to have all the answers. I won't know everything. I know that I, that won't be possible. Even if I studied all day, like all night, I can't be somebody in this world that seemingly knows everything about everything. So my approach is to have people around me that can help me be educated in areas when it becomes relevant. And I know this happens not only in our dialogue, like on live videos, or we're talking about ambassador applications of building your network so you can have access to information. But this also becomes relevant when we're working with school districts, when we're sitting down with a teacher working on something and, and they are struggling because they feel like they should already know this information or already have this mastered when guys, it, it's okay to be constantly learning. It's a, it's a benefit to be able to do that. And how we get information is really, really valuable in terms of that long-term scalability. Um, I was just working with a school district, where was I, Sandusky, Ohio, I think I was, working with one of our ESCs that's a part of our like big grant we're working on. It's a statewide grant, like thanks to 16 ESCs we're working with. And um, I was working with them on this teach further model concept. And essentially what I was challenging them to do in that moment was find the relevancy of their content. So they had already chosen their standard. They had already broken down into targets. All that work on the back end was done, but now they needed to make a community connection of why was this content even something they were teaching? Where is it applicable in the real world or in their community? And you had educators immediately know like, Ooh, I see this skill in this job or role. I see the skill being really helpful when 
this type of work is being done. And then they like wanted to end there. And the reality is, is that when we're trying to make the connections between the work being done and our community, you don't need to be an expert in working at a gas station. Like you don't need to be an expert at working at a grocery store or working in agriculture or, or be working in architecture. Every single thing that you're seeing that connection with, we now have opportunities to go and learn from somebody else who actually does the work mm -hmm. every day. And so that's like another component of growing your community is not only for you growing your community by connecting with educators, but mm -hmm. growing your community by connecting with everyone. I don't, know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that you hit on something kind of powerful and that, you know, sometimes educators kind of cling to educators. I know if, you know, you and I are, we hang out with friends, almost all of them are educators. And yeah. so it's just, it's a, it's a personal career. It's a personal, you know, job. So we tend to lean on people who have a similar, you know, mindset. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, that also kind of narrows in your life experiences. And so, yeah, the being able to expand to people outside of the education world and get to know people in other fields then allows you to learn about those other fields so that you can be a better advocate for your students too. You know, it's, I always think it's interesting when I learn about a job that I've never heard of or, you know, some, something someone does in their career that it's like, whoa, tell me more about that, you know. And so it's it, not only it's good for you just to be more knowledgeable, but also to be able to then tell that to your students and be able to help them. I mean, I think it's it's kind of cool to see like a student go, oh, I think I want to do this. And I know, Ray, we've talked about it before. But the team that I was on, we did an interdisciplinary unit where we pulled in people from the community, much like what you said. Now, I'm not a detective. I'm not a police officer. There's so many things that I'm not, you know, I have no experience in. So being able to pull these people in and we had a person um, now I'm like, yeah, what they're called, but they're the person that types in the courtroom. Yeah. And we had so many students that were like, this is the coolest job ever. I want to do that. I didn't know this was a thing. And so you're giving your students that experience, whether or not you're speaking on it, you know, depending on what your school allows, or if you're bringing someone in, you're exposing them to a different field, a different type of person, and you're learning something too. So there's lots of benefits, I think, to kind of going beyond the walls of education and learning. Well, and that was a big discussion we had at the very end of this workshop. I'm still reflecting on the same PD we were doing where we were looking at creating experiences for students. And one of the student, one of the teachers I was working with was like, yeah, I get it. We're like creating fake experiences for them. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be fake. Like this is not an educator coming in, putting on a, a cool outfit and, and setting up an experience for a student necessarily. That could be where it ends. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad idea, but you're limiting then the exposure that you can give to your students to see the practicality of this role being with it, being beyond the situation you're, you're putting them in yep. when we're able to bring in other knowledge, whether if that means physically bringing in the people into our school or just hopping on a phone call and gaining perspective about what that job actually yep. looks like. Now we're really able to like really paint a picture for students. Mm -hmm. It's not fake because we're exposing them to, to really relevant information and content. So this, this workshop specifically challenges teachers to 
go beyond identifying where it exists in the community, but actually reaching out to them, maybe just as a phone call away or maybe to Mm -hmm. do more. Um, But that exposure is so important because I'm not going to ever say that I know how to work in agriculture or I know how to be an interior designer or I know what it's like to be in furniture manufacturing. And that's not my job to know that. It's Mm -hmm. my job to be able to call on somebody when I need it to give my students the best experience possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think being able to kind of decide what, what are your parameters? Do you, can you bring somebody in? Can you do maybe a virtual call? I mean, that's like a thing now that wasn't, you know, 10 years ago, but you can totally jump on a virtual call and your class can interview them. Kind of just being more creative of how can you get that person's perspective in your classroom? I love if you're able to make a connection with somebody. So this is assuming you've like met this person. I love asking them three or four fun facts about their job that people may not know and having them do really quick, like selfie videos that are like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Like, Hey guys, my name's Ray Hewart. I'm such and such. Here's my fun fact about my job. And like Mm -hmm. do those in like, like whatever individual segments Now you can like sprinkle those into mini lessons. Again, you're just creating conversations and the community is helping you create those conversations. And that's, that's kind of a, I don't know, it's helping us do our job better without expecting us to do more work. Well, okay. So that honestly is what I was going to say is so often, and I know I, this is how I always felt because I would see those awesome community members walking down to your classroom and I would constantly think, how the heck does she have time to do this? How does she have time to like facilitate bringing them in. And, but you know, there's so many like barriers, right? When you initially think there's so many things I could create the whole list of reasons why it may not work. But the reality is, is we have to make the time for it. And like you said, getting creative, maybe you don't have time to facilitate a person coming in. Maybe you can't figure it out within your day, your school time, whatever it is, those videos are easy. That can be a few email exchanges, a couple phone calls, you get the videos and then you're set. And so it isn't, and it doesn't take that much time in the end. Well, and I think the reality is, and I, do, I really mean this in like a loving way, not in a way that, ugh, I don't know, this is probably controversial, but I would argue that the way that this goes wrong most quickly is when educators put too much on the community members coming in. And you saw this with your interdisciplinary unit. I know we've talked about this before, but- the, the elements that I'm asking for my community connections to do are within their realm of success. Like okay. I'm asking them to come in and talk about their job, yep. everything teaching related, everything classroom management related. That's my job. That's yep. what I'm doing. I think the issue comes in, the stress comes in, the waste of time feeling comes in when you're asking that community member to like, do more than, than what they already have the skills to do. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of educators will tell me, especially when we're doing this teach further work that they're, they don't have time to bring somebody in because that creates a lot of stress and they have 45 minute classes. They need them there all day. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds terrible. Don't do that. Like these, these people coming right. in are not educators. They, they shouldn't be taking time out of your teachable like opportunities to learn with students they're there to enhance the work, not do the work. Yeah. And they can't be held accountable for doing the work because that's not their job. That, that's our job. So right. 
creating those teachable moments is still something we need to take ownership of. Using them to enhance is the mindset that I would challenge you to take on. I always struggled with bringing in a community member to speak about their job physically because I taught eight classes. So Mm -hmm. let's say we're going to commit to an entire day. I only needed them for like five minutes for each class. Right, right. It's like unrealistic. And and I mean, because there's ways to do it where it's like, hey, you come Monday and somebody else will come Thursday and whatever. But there's just a lot of time to ask for people. So be realistic about how you can make this intentional, I guess is my point. Absolutely. Katie gave a great tip. Time saver. Ask your friends on Facebook to make a 15 second video. That's so true. Katie Volhaber, we worked with her. Um, Excellent educator. But I think she has a great point of, Facebook is like, I don't know, my Facebook is a lot of people. It's people, you know, that I grew up with. It's people that I went to high school with, all the things. It's not just education. There are a lot of people that I'm friends with through education, but there is kind of a bank of people that do a variety of things. So that's a great place to start. I think honestly, being reflective about who you already have contacts with makes it an easier step into really knowing how your community can support you going to Facebook friends, going to friends' spouses yes. who already have connections. And I think the third one would be like going to parents of current students. Yep, absolutely. Like, obviously there's more bubbles you're in. I feel like we don't really always reflect on how many bubbles we actually operate in. Mm-hmm. But but those three benchmarks at least get you started. You're going to hit a super big, wide variety of fields. And sometimes it's as easy as sending an inventory survey and being like, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. And other times, like, like Volhaber's commenting, like comment on Facebook, be like, who knows somebody in construction help? Like, yeah, absolutely. I need a 10 minute phone call with somebody in construction. And but, then you may not find somebody in the specific construction you were looking for. But again, finding perspective, like, yes. I don't but know. I think Josh brings up a great point. He says most community members want to help teachers but they just don't know how. And we saw that time and time again. I know you and I both served on a couple committees that specifically worked with community members, not necessarily directly related to classroom, you know, our, our curriculum, but there are tons of people out there who want to help. And all it takes is just asking. And we saw that in when we worked with Ron Clark Academy, when we did stuff for them, I saw that in an interdisciplinary unit. I mean, it's really hard for people to say no to kids. When you lay out the perimeters, exactly like you said, we're not asking them to come in and teach a lesson. We're not asking them to come in and, you know, go on a field trip and be chaperones. We're coming in to have them just talk about what they're experts in. And so often people are like, yeah, I can do that. Right. And they have no idea how to help if they're not volunteering to attend a field trip or writing a check. Right. The reality is we're not looking for money, but a lot of them have access to funding that they can't actually write you a check for. So there's so many connections that once a conversation starts, Mm -hmm. you might actually have access to more resources than you think. I mean, that's a huge element of Mm -hmm. of the teach further model that I know a lot of you have taken in our Academy course or experience training with the teach better team is like a, a pack of pencils for a business is nothing. And a pack of pencils for a school is gold. And yet we don't necessarily do a good job sharing our resources or helping with that perspective. So when you foster those relationships, you actually get access to so many things that you may not even know right now have that big impact. So I love that we're brainstorming this. I think that there's a practical realm of this conversation. Like what can you do this week that isn't overwhelming when you already have a big to-do list? 
and then like a long-term vision dream that is like much bigger and not necessarily something that we can duplicate overnight. So I think for our morning challenge, we really need to get into what the specific, like, specific, like what can be done just today that will take 15 seconds to be better in this. And that will be kind of a good direction for us later in the show. Before we get into our morning challenge, I would love to get into our community spotlight, if that's okay. Ooh, let's do it. Let's do it. We are live for the Wednesday Wake Up with the Teach Better team. And as many of you know, we really value doing a community spotlight during the show. This is an opportunity to highlight somebody within our Teach Better family and our Teach Better network that we are able to create further connections with. And kind of along the theme today, add perspective, ask questions. It's good to always add somebody to your PLN. The one today is somebody that I've had a whole lot of contact with over the last few weeks. So shout out to Lindsay Lyons, who's an incredible educator. Um, she is just an all-star. I know it says here that she's a educational justice coach. I will tell you, she's very involved in our Teach Better community. Uh, Lindsay is a podcaster in the Teach Better Podcasting Network. She's also a per our participant in the Edupreneur Mastermind that we have that happens weekly on Thursday nights with the Teach Better team. That's a cohort of educators that come together every single week to actually talk side gigs. Um, there's a lot of educators that are also working on trying to become a speaker or wanting to work in, a, in publishing or there's so many different kind of side opportunities that educators like to kind of dig their hands into, whether it be for extra funding or just to foster a passion. Uh, Edupreneur Mastermind is something you all can learn about over at teachbetter.com. But Lindsay is a super, super active participant. She's actually doing something really special for our crew this week to bring some ideas to that um, that conversation this Thursday. But shout out to Lindsay when we asked her what she loved about education. She says, I love helping schools create feminist, anti-racist curricula that challenges, affirms, and inspires all students. I also get to meet amazing people. And then she references her podcast here, Time for a Teachership Podcast, which I absolutely am an advocate for. Go subscribe to that podcast. That's a part of our podcast network as well. I will say, Katie, I know it's silly and this is like the lamest pitch ever, but guys, go Google Lindsay Lyons because I love her website. I just yeah. met with her last week on her website and I have not seen a more creative website that is on, it's truly on educational justice. I think there's so many ways that we could be better on this focus area. And Lindsay has a ton of resources and her podcast is linked there. So shout out to Lindsay and the incredible work she's doing. If you've not had an opportunity to connect with Lindsay, I definitely would make sure that you go do that either on Twitter or Instagram. She has so many different ways to connect with her, but um, another person to add to your network right there. There you go. We can expand your community. Expand your community. And she also has like, like, an, like I think a seven month old. So there's like really cute baby pictures if you need that fix, you know? Seven months old is like really cute age. So I know. I, I feel like I'm, I hope I'm getting that age right. All I know is that when I talked to her last, she was complaining to me about daycare. And I'm like, I get you. I get you. <laughs> 
But also you don't. <laughs> but also I don't. Like it sounds terrible, but I don't have an infant. But sure, yes, it sounds awful. Yes. I get to live vicariously through through your complaints of daycare. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It was, talking, it was talking about um like where they like sneeze at daycare and can't go back to daycare the next day. Um and mm -hmm. being like, no, it was just a sneeze. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I do get that. That's frustrating. I mean, yeah. Good. So yeah. anywho, go connect with Lindsay and get your baby fix and also get some really cool discussion on educational topics. We'll be right back for our morning challenge. morning challenge time as we wrap up the show here for Wednesday. Wake up streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you taking this one on or do you want me to? Gosh, I just, you've been so inspiring recently. I just feel like you should be the one to challenge our community. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to create one that, or I have one in mind that is kind of intentional. It's like a two-step. Okay. Oh, so wait, so Two steps, two steps on a Wednesday. Do you know it's Wednesday morning? You're only going to accomplish the first step this week okay. or even this month, maybe just the first step, but I it's like, it's going to be gradual. Set the bar low, please. It's Wednesday morning. And I don't know if you heard this, but your coffee is a mix of multiple coffee grounds and <laughs> we need like low bar. It's busy. It's the beginning of November. Okay. Okay. So my challenge to you is if you are someone that does not typically do anything with community members. So I'm not talking like you reference a grocery store in a story problem. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you don't do anything beyond that, right? Like you don't bring people in, you don't, all the things we've talked about. This month or this week, your goal is to do some sort of survey Ooh. either to your students or your students' parents or both. Students, I would recommend looking for things they're interested in. So are there like career fields that maybe they're leaning towards or things that they just like to do? Maybe you already did that at the beginning of the year. So you have that. Then I'm going to challenge you to maybe send something home and get some perspective of what do their parents do? What, are the, what does their families do? Maybe they don't, maybe their parents our teachers. And so it's like, well, what are their grandparents do? Or what are their, you know, what are some of the expertise that are in their families? And then after you've done that, I would set the goal of maybe next semester, this is where the two-step comes in. Think of ways that you can incorporate those short videos that we've mentioned a few times. So can you reach out to a few of these people that you learn about and get them to send just a quick video and think of some ways that you can tie it into like your mini lesson or bell ringer just to give your students, if nothing else, just give them some more exposure. That's it. If you well, want to take it farther, go for it. I like that idea, Katie. And I do think I really enjoy your phrasing of tell us about the expertise in your household. Yeah. Because you're really creating then this acknowledgement that expertise exists even before the survey was sent out. Yep. This wasn't like who in your family has a job. That's not what right. you're asking. You're asking yep what expertise exists because for a parent that that feels like a responsibility to have some sort of role that like we already know that that parent has a 
role in the household that's valuable. You're already acknowledging that. And whether they leave the home to do that or they stay home to do that, there's a lot of expertise to be learned. So absolutely. That's yeah. so cool. I like this challenge. And I love the challenge that you're giving them till next semester to do the videos because mm -hmm. I think a lot of educators will be like, now I have to do this before Thanksgiving. And it's like, no, 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 you can, but let's just say like by, by next semester, that gives you, mm -hmm. that gives you three yep. months to be able to, to look into that. Well, and two, then you have time to actually look at what you're, what you have, like what you have access to. So mm -hmm. looking through the survey, seeing what your students are interested in, all that good stuff gives you some time to kind of breathe, get through the days. And then when you're ready to do some, some creative thinking, then pull those surveys out and decide who you're going to contact. So fun. And if you guys want to learn more about the teach further model, which obviously many of you have experienced yeah. the training for, for our team, you can head over to our teach better Academy. There's a free course and a full course, including a workbook to help you out. So Lots of different varieties here to get you started in this conversation. Katie, we are going to wrap up our dialogue here. You were actually like at a school today. Can we talk about that? Like you're live on the show, but are you leaving to like go to school? Yeah. Today I get to work with some teachers on standards-based grading. So I'm super pumped. I can't believe you're live with, I just processed this. They're like you're live with us, but then you're like getting in the car and going, going to work with teachers this afternoon. Yeah. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. When I say afternoon, I don't mean that. I mean like in the next 15 minutes. No, it, it is. It is this afternoon. You're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had to drive there, but yeah, they're, they, it's a, they've got the early release, which I think a lot of schools are starting to do now. So oh. yeah. So okay. it'll be fun to just kind of talk through standards-based grading. It's, it's kind of good. I love it. We won't even open that can of worms right now because it's Wednesday morning. So yeah, too early, too early. And I need better coffee for that. Class. Yes, absolutely. You go get more coffee. We are going to wrap up the show here. I do want to give a special shout out again to those of you who have already applied to become a Teach Better ambassador. Don't forget you have all month. If you haven't done that, uh, it closes on the 27th. So you yeah. literally have 25 days. So take your time. It takes 15 minutes. One take on your video. We really, really appreciate all that you do. And we hope that you have a wonderful week ahead. Please feel free to reach out to Katie or I or anybody on the team if you need yep. anything or if you have questions. We want to make sure you have a very, very successful week and hopefully a very relaxing weekend. Bye, friends. Yep. See you later. <laughs>